I'm Peter Jones, and welcome to The Foyne Jones Show. This podcast will be combining personality, passion, and our love of football, alongside industry and recruitment news. Our amazing guests will share their personal stories and also explain what they get up to when they're not at work. Welcome to today's Boyne Jones show. In this episode, we're at the wonderful WeWork offices at Bank in Central London. I've already been on the WeWork Dodgem, but I'm joined in the studio by Ricardo Iannucci Dawson, the founder, the brains, the vision behind your keys. We're going to talk about that eureka moment where the journey began, the challenges, challenges faced, buying and selling new builds in the 21st century, and then we're going to move on to my favourite subject, football, and the fellas' love of Derby County FC. How are you, sir? I'm all right, thank you, Peter. No, pleasure, pleasure to be here. Thank you for, for having me. Glad you enjoyed the dodgems. We'll have a, we'll have a quick round of ping-pong. After oh, mate, I, I, said to, I said to our apprentice, Callum, on the way up... Um, all right, Callum? You good? Yeah. Yeah, good. Callum's in the background doing, doing, doing the techie stuff for us. But I said to him, today's going to be great because we're going to go on a skateboard, play ping pong, have a game of pool, probably get a, get a beer. Johnny's already offered me a beer after 3.30. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I know, I got the brains behind that. So, so we're good. But let's, let's kind of set the scene because, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing the trophy cabinet because the awards, are, the awards and the nominations are coming thick and fast. But... Why don't you just help us, Ricardo? T- take us on that journey. So tell us about you, you know, where your working career came from, and and bring us to bring bring yourself to life a little bit for us. Okay. Um, yeah. So so Yorkies started out really. Um, well, my, my background is is in architecture. I, I worked for a, a huge corporate architecture practice called Gensler, the biggest design firm in the world some incredible projects like uh, both the Apple stores in London, Shanghai Tower, Facebook's offices in Menlo Park, like awesome calibre. I mean if you're going to drop names yeah. for a good project, like <laughs> yeah. that's, that's a good start. Not, yeah. a bad, not a bad start, yeah. You, you should have known of some of those, right? You should have heard of some of them. Well, I've heard of a couple, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> um, and then actually I, I sort of got um, dragged into residential design and understanding the way that people live and how architecture and design sort of has a, has a big impact on that. Then I took a sidestep into uh, the, the sort of sales and marketing world for, for new builds in London, worked for a, a big developer in, in central London, building four or five hundred units a year. Over my time there, a couple of thousand transactions in, I saw the issues that that were sort of presented as part of the process and the fact that the process is massively convoluted it, it's complicated it's difficult to get your head around as a, as a first-time buyer there's lots of jargon there's so many people involved and it's just a really difficult process to navigate so we set out Craig and I my co-founder and we said well this is a gap this is something that people want Millennials, the digital savvy, whatever you want to call them, the, the newer generation, you know, they, they expect a level of transparency and control over everything they buy, whether it's a £5 book from Amazon or it's the most expensive thing they ever buy in their life, which, which will be their home. So it always it always baffled us the fact that it is such a painful experience. I remember that from when we met, when we met last year and we were talking about that and... and 
for me, you know, by, by buying some, by buying property, selling properties, the frustration that, that I've always faced is like if everyone was in the same room, you know, and you just went round the table like an old school round robin, you could probably get the deal over the line very, very quickly. But that 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 length of execution and the process and and the pain involved and the cost involved. You know, I, I can see the I can see the opportunity for change, but you, you've brought modern technology into it, haven't you? I guess it, it's weird that you said about uh, around the table. One of the first conversations we ever had when we were looking into creating Yorkies was um, was with a guy called Stephen Conway, who's the CEO of Galliard Homes. Mm. Hugely credible guy, yeah. understands the process. Great, great yeah, amazing. And he said, you know, back in the back in the glory days, when when. You could sell homes. When that skyline got yeah. changed, mate. When yeah. that skyline got changed, yeah. in that river, yeah. Yeah. In those days, you could have people turn up with a reservation deposit. You would have all the stakeholders sat around a table and you could exchange there and then. Now, the average time is between 50 and 60 days mm. to get that done. Now, what we are trying to do is to recreate that table digitally, okay, bringing the communication together. Uh, using sort of notifications and deadlines and and allowing everyone to track the the, the process in the same way that you order a cab from Uber Mm. or or you buy a package from Amazon. Because it, it, it is a linear process. It it, it should be that. And, and there is there is something from a from a customer's perspective. And and you know I love that point. You know, the, you, you, your home is actually one of the most important things you're ever going to need. Absolutely. So 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 you know so so you know I look at how I order products online, and and I quite it's quite reassuring when you get your little like update. You know it's being dispatched. And some people fluff it up and make it really sexy. Others it's really simple. But okay, it's arrived at Gatwick, and now it's going to make its way to West London. Yeah. Uh, it's with my driver Jimmy. Oh, well, that's with Jimmy. Yeah. I'm drop eight, and, and you see, and you watch that process. So, so why can't we have that on on a much more expensive, fundamental, and life changing purchase, which involves loan, it involves security? Absolutely, I couldn't. I couldn't yeah. agree more. Um, and and that's what that's what we're setting out to do. And one of the reasons why it's it's never been done before is. Well, there's, there's, there's a, a sort of objective answer that it's, it's fragmented, there's too many people and it's difficult to do. But the real answer is, or, or from our point of view, is that no one's ever properly invested in trying to make it better. And, you know, you, you mentioned some of, the, some of the other companies like Amazon. Amazon's, um, one of their sort of main strap lines is the most important single thing in a business is to focus obsessively on the customer. Mm. But for the last 10 years, buying a home has been voted the most stressful thing you'll yeah. ever go through. Right. So there's, there's, a, there's such a gap there. I take some comfort, actually, because obviously you know, in, in my day job, as well as, well as the broadcasting, mate, I, own a, I own a really you know, specialist uh, life-changing recruitment business. So, yeah. you know, we, we're kind of like, you know, we're not, at the, we're not we don't, we've got, you know, our, our own perception of good, bad and indifferent, but, you know, estate agents are slightly below that. So, so I think it's, it's interesting when, when you talk about the importance of the customer, because everyone's got a... You know, there's a good experience, but I would imagine there's so many more bad experiences that people will, will talk about when they're trying maybe to get on the property ladder or to, 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 to nick one for investment on a buy to let, whatever. You know, it, it's a challenge, isn't it? And, it? and it's not just about having available capital, it's actually the, the, the pathway. Yeah, I mean, 39% in, is, is the big number over 
th throughout 2017 and the first half of, of 2018, 39% of all new build reservations fell through. They did not complete. Now, wow. imagine, imagine that in, in any other industry. Now, the, the move to digitisation, or, or, or what we're trying to do, is, is to give that level of comfort and transparency of, of the process. It's not reinventing the wheel. Mm. Right? We're, we're not talking about blockchains, smart contracts. We're not talking mm. about these massively progressive technologies, AI. We're not. What we're, what we're saying is log these purchases into a digital system yeah. where everyone... It's the same transaction. It. It's exactly yeah. the same transaction. Yeah. And through automation of contracts, and and um, you know, paperwork, which is which is a massive reason for for fall throughs, mistakes on those kinds of documents. You you can it's not it's not rocket science. Mm. You, know, you you can massively improve you, your time. I was uh, when, when I, I, was, I was doing some it's boring really, but I was I was clearing out some of the filing cabinets, right? And I, and I, and I found one from my from my nan's old flat in Fulham Road, right. and, and honestly, it was like seven telephone directories of paperwork from the from the conveyancing, the search, all the way down, I'm like, wow, you know, did it did it really take that yeah. long? And 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 I, and I guess that the, the market is going to evolve. It is going to to be, and I, I like the fact that we're we're looking at it through the eyes of the purchaser, through the eyes of the customer. But 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 what where you've gone? Because you're in the startup world, you're in the start the startup arena. You know, attacking that market. Um, what, what's the reception been from the, I guess, from all, all, all parts of that, that purchasing chain, really? From the, from the builder, the developer, the purchaser, the agents involved? You've been well received, you've been... <laughs> yeah, we, we are. I think everyone recognises that, that we're solving a, a, a common problem that they all have. Um, generally, the sort of laggards in the process, and I, I don't really like to call them that because they're, they're our clients and we're mm. trying to improve the process for them as well but it's generally the sort of solicitors the conveyances the legal side yeah. you know the developers want to sell more homes yeah. and they want their buyers to have a better customer experience the buyers do as well mm. the agents spend about 70% of their time not actively selling mm. but ushering buyers yeah. through the complicated process which isn't earning them money so those guys all think yes yeah, is a brilliant idea the solicitors, on the other hand, generally are, are the ones that are, are tough. Mm. And you know, they've all got their sort of in, internal case management systems and their own way of doing things. And you know, the, the process has been the way that it's been for 100 years. Right? Yeah. So trying to get them to change, you know, to quote you, trying to change hearts and minds yeah. is a tough ask. Yeah. But it's all part of the journey, right? And in, in startup, journey is, is about convincing people to get rid of the square wheels and use these shiny new round ones I see, that we've I, see, got. I, see, I see Johnny on the way up and, and, and we were talking about that and he was going like, I said, and he, was, he was buzzing, he's going like, it's busy, we've got this going on, he goes, it's pure startup life, you know, and, he, like, and, off he, and off he popped and it was like, and you, and you get that vibe and I mean, you, you're, in a, you're in a place here which inspires anyway, you know, so it's, so, so it's creative, it, it's, it's, it, it, it leads, to, leads to kind of your brain engaging in a different way. But, so, but looking at you from a, from, you know, from a human point of view, you know, the, the, the last, so, so conceptually, when, when did it all begin? Give me a, give me a timeline. When, when, did, when, when was a bang on the head, the eureka moment, when it was like, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to create this, I'm going to go for it? The eureka moment was the point when... It went from being 
a job that I sort of had to problem solve and try mm. and be that person that would usher other buyers yeah. through the process to it being me. Yeah. When I actually went through the process the first time and bought my home, yeah. because I'd already sort of identified the fact that it was stressful, I think I was really looking into the detail yeah. and I was really concentrating on my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife, and, and her sort of, um, you know, the, the way that she was looking at the process and the things that she was struggling to understand. You know, you, you walk in, in, in your mid-twenties, into a marketing suite, and someone says to you, right, you've got 28 days to exchange contracts, hire a conveyancer, get searches done, raise inquiries, and you're looking at them thinking, what the, what the bloody hell are you talking about? You know? And it's not until you sort of step back and you go, actually, I'm going through this myself, and I'm going through it with my partner, who's not part of the industry, that you go, something's got to change here. It's no surprise that so many of them fall through. So that was, actually going through it myself was, was the first time when I went, we, we've got to change this. I, I remember when, when me and my wife bought our, uh, no, she, we wasn't married then, we'd been together 24 years, but I think we were living in sin at the time, you know. Yeah, but, uh, well done, mate. Yeah, life's what a miracle, 24 years, <laughs> five midlife crisis. But no, we, um, so we were, we moved from Fulham, West London to the West Country, and the developer sold us the property with Western Homes, right? So okay. anyway, and this was in those, those probably the Gaddiard good old days, where yeah. like 500 pounds down, it's all yours, mate, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, but I remember we went to certain developments, and you know we were in our twenties, and we were looking to buy our first time. And we had a little, you know, little Harry. He was about six months. We wheeled him around as well. Some of the people were downright rude, you know. And I'm like, well, you know, I don't want this. And and I was lucky because I um I was working for Travis Perkins at the time, one you know one of the merchants, and they really helped us relocate. So financially, they made the move really doable. But once we got that relationship with the, the good sales manager, she was brilliant, and you know, her and my wife got on, you know, and, yeah. and all of a sudden everything seemed to fall into place. But it was that it was that feel good factor or that or that, that reassurance that it would be okay. Mm. Look, got it got it over the line. So so you went through that with your with your with your wife back in when? When was that? Uh, when was it? A couple of years ago now. Yeah, a couple, couple of years, years ago. It's it, it well I think we should touch on your five midlife crises in a bit. We'll do that. We'll come back to that, mate. Yeah. We'll come back to that. Well, when we get on my football team, you'll understand them, Don't worry, mate. Yeah, then again, yeah. you've got a few coming, yeah. mate. So. I know, bloody hell. Yeah. I'm nervous. Yeah. Um, funny that you, you touched on... Um, every time so, every time a candidate takes a character off, mate, that's a midlife crisis for me. Yeah. <laughs> Breakdown territory. Um, it, funny that you touched on the sort of... Um, personal aspect yeah. of buying a home because one, one of the things that we come up against uh, quite a lot is buying a property is inherently a, a sociable thing right you, you want someone there to handhold you through the process and we agree with that um, we're not here trying to take the entire process on, online make it entirely digital mm. that's that's not where we want to be although you know there's a school of thought to say that it could well end up there um, you know, it, 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 it's uh, 42% of all new cars in 2018 were bought online without a test drive. Mm. And these are huge purchases, right? They're, they're, they're not quite at the scale um, of, of buying your house, but when you think about you spending 40, 50, 60 grand and you mm. are going through, you're personalising it, yeah. you've got an account manager there to talk to if you need mm. to, but they're bought entirely online and then they're delivered to you. 
that's like the new build market, and we, mm. we draw a lot of parallel parallels there. But we firmly believe that the process will, or, or for the foreseeable future, be a hybrid. Yeah. And what your keys is, and what our system does, is to improve that process. Um, being able to have human assistance when you want it, mm. and no more than that, because that's that's what the best companies do for customer service assistance when you need it with real people talking to them in real time but not being overbearing and not having not enough yeah. of it you know, yeah. it's that it's that happy medium um, and with and with the the concept all right the platform because I'm, I'm building my timeline and and, and we'll summarize that later because you've had a lot going on in that time you know you've, you've got married you've, you've got your stuff you know your startup the you know, the business is launching. But that's why I look yeah. much older than I am. I don't know, I think you're looking all right, mate. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, you know, telling me you don't go to the gym, I don't know, I don't uh, believe you, mate. But, but, but Sonny keeps, my wife keeps counting my grades. <laughs> I'm not even 30 yet, and I'm looking like a pensioner. Oh, mate, don't. I, listen, I, tu- I turned 44 a couple of weeks ago, and um, I, I actually thought I was 43. And, like, and, and my missus said I was 44. And, th- and this is funny because like, the day before my birthday, I said, we should do this, do that. And I just went in a bit of a sulk. But what I did, I, I, I went a little bit too far with my sulk. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So, so rather from like, getting loads of attention and, and wanting to help me, I managed to upset my missus, my 20-year-old son and my 16-year-old son, and ended up really even more miserable. Do you know what I mean? So, <laughs> and your so, 20-year-old is not the kind of guy you want to... They're both big boys, mate. They're both six foot two and athletic. <laughs> they're both super turf. So let's, let's just summarise you know to to the to the listening audience and I think this is really really powerful in you know like your elevator pitch okay so your elevator pitch how in in you know a minute would you describe your case to the listening world so we are a communications hub for all the stakeholders involved in the purchasing process which allows all of those users to to effectively communicate and all users will receive a timeline with expected deadlines, who's responsible for, for the next step, with uh, notifications and updates to keep everyone involved and, and on top of each purchase or, or sale. And, and that's what it is, in a nutshell. From my experience, you know, and I, I know Mr. Massey you mentioned earlier, and Christopher and Annie and, and Johnny's loving it. I mean, the, the vibe's good from the outside looking in. I, I even exchange a lot of messages with Dan, the, the, the right, techie guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I, I, I can see it going, and, and every time I see one of the updates, it's you know, it's Ricardo up for an award, or it's the business up for an award, and you know, so, so what you're doing is being noticed. And I think from 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 our perspective, it's been a pleasure to get to know you. We are going to be talking now, um, and we do this in every show because you know it's it's we love understanding about the business, the challenges, the entrepreneurial journey, the vision, the highs, the lows. But let's be honest, I want to talk about football. Yeah, so, yeah me too. So, so that's why we're here. You're in your Derby County colours. So, let's start with where that began with Derby. Why are you a Derby fan? Uh, well, my uh, my dad's a Derby fan. My granddad's a Derby fan. His dad was. Uh, it, it was never a choice. Shoot it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah if if I ever came home wearing red, then I'd have been fucked up. Oh, no, yeah. I'd have been uh, absolutely scolded. So it, it was never a choice. So it, it, is is the family from Derby? 
Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. So 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 local club. You know, you will support them or else. I mean, I did that. I did that with my two mate. You are full of. You, you don't what you don't know what you don't know, do you? Yeah. Like, <laughs> this is who you support. This is who you are. So you grow up and you you look at everyone else, especially the, the Leicester and the Forest um, Forest fans in particular. You, God, you, you you look at them like they're from a different planet. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's it's interesting that that hotbed there, that that almost triangle. You yeah. know, the, the Leicester Forest Derby triangle in in the East Midlands. There's there's it's 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 you know the Forest Derby in particular with oh, with the club the club yeah. scenario and stuff like that. So so when, when you know let's talk talk more about it. So when when do you first get to a game? You know, that, so let's let's take us on the football journey as a, as a fan. My first game was. In 1997, so I just turned seven years old. Um, I'm not sure why that feels a bit old now. I'm, I'm reminiscing. I'm not going to say like old. I should have been. Yeah, six months. <laughs> <laughs> I was 22, mate. Oh, really? Yeah, 22, mate. Oh, yeah. Really? And I'll tell you why it's important. 1998 is because we, we beat Leeds, who were a massive rival yeah. of us. Yeah. And it was the first game at Pride Park after yeah. we'd left the baseball ground. Okay. And that was a, a, a massive moment for me. I, I just remember that that's what our week was. You know, yeah. go and do your thing and go go to school and hang out with your mates, but just be looking forward to Saturday at three o'clock. That's mm. that's what it's about. I've I've been to both grounds. I've, I've seen Fulham lose at the baseball ground. I've seen Fulham know. lose at Pride, Pride Park, mate. Oh, no, I've seen draw at Pride Park actually. Right. Um, in in that uh, I don't mention, but in the relegation season, I think you. Um, I think you got four points out of, out of us. I mean, you only got about 13 or 14 points. Well, didn't you? 11, yeah. Oh, you, you got well, four, four of them were from yeah. Fulham, mate. So, yeah. But, but I remember that. So, 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 first game at seven, local club. You know, are you still going now? You going regularly now? Yeah, well, I live in London now. So, every time I go back, I go back over Christmas. So, I yeah. always catch the Boxing Day. And Christmas period is obviously busy in the Championship. Yeah. So, I always catch the home games then. But I'll I'll tend to go to Reading, Brentford, Millwall yeah. down here in London uh, on those away days because they're, they're always good fun. And I, I went to I went to Craven Cottage. I think we played you. I think we played you three times mm. at your place last year, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. The cup, the cup, the league, and the play. Yeah. I mean, I we, we will get onto the playoff match. Don't worry, but <laughs> I'm, I'm saving that. Can we not? Yeah, well, we're, 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 we're going to get on that at some point, but. But it's 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 interesting with Derby because 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 I look at them and, and 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 I like them from the Panini sticker days right because when we were both like in the lower leagues like we were either we were either on a badge with Derby or a badge with Grimsby right. so so I kind of I know it's weird isn't it but but I looked at it there but I, I years what do you ago mean on a badge you know on the stickers it's the Panini football album yeah, yeah. so like if you weren't in the the top division they used to have the lower teams right, right. so they used to have some pages at the back I mean this is really stuck on them all. So yeah, so you'd be doubled up. So it'd be like, so this is this is like Division Two, right. Division Two there. So it'd be like Fulham and Grimsby or Derby and Fulham would be the sticker. And it'd be like right. a double badge sticker. Hey, I try and get you one. I try and get you one, mate. If anyone's got one, send us it. But I've yeah. got um, going back to that. I've got some. Um, I've got like the the, um, the Rodney Marsh and George Best ones when they're both oh, okay. in, the, oh, in the Fulham teams in the seventies. But I went to um, I went to a Derby game. Um, for, for no other reason than my mate's mum was secretary of Millwall at the time. Right. Um, she used to be Jimmy Hill's secretary at Fulham, but Jimmy Hill sold the club, and you know, so she moved to Millwall. And I went to both games, actually. I went to the Millwall Derby uh, playoff games, I think, um, like, 90... 
Well, I mean, it was it was, yeah. it was then. So I mean, you were about two years old, mate. Yeah. But I remember going to that, and the Derby leaders like Marco Gabbiadini wow. and, and players like that, <laughs> and, and they were pushing to Big get boys. they were pushing to get into the, get into the top flight, and it didn't happen. And last year you were pushing to get into the top flight, and then we arrived in that playoff semi final, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. And and first leg we went one nil up as well, and I thought miracles can happen. Yeah. <laughs> and I it mean, just wasn't to be. Do you, do you know what? I mean, we, we, we actually thought the bubble had burst because we've been on a 23 game unbeaten run. Yeah. You know, we got turned over by Birmingham, then we got beat by Derby 1 0, and it was like, oh, hold on. But then something happened at the cottage on that Monday night. I mean, I mean, you started time wasting after about five minutes. Yeah, we did. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we did. And then I we just went. It, we was all out of attack. It was yeah. like Kevin Keegan team, wasn't it? I remember Richard Keogh holding it up in the in, in our corner after about seven or eight <laughs> minutes. I was thinking, what are you doing, Keogh? Uh, I mean, that was you know that, that was you know, the, the battle between Mitro and Curtis Davis was yeah. exceptional as well. Yeah, I mean, that was like a, that was like a two man war. And, it, and it, I have to say, after that, I mean, it was like it was like it was like the Death Star blowing up. It was like a eureka moment for Fulham fans because you know in my lifetime we got to Wembley in '75. I was three months old. I've only ever been to Wembley Market. You know, I've, I've never got to. I've seen England play Wembley, but never Fulham. And. You know, so so at that moment, you know, we were on the pitch. It was the most good-natured pitch invasion you could ever, yeah. you could ever ever dream well, of. You know, it is. A, no, it was wonderful. And then and then we went on to have that that special day when I I, I still didn't know. I, I never believed there was forty thousand Fulham fans in the world. So to have them at one half of yeah, Wembley yeah. was amazing. Um, I remember I remember that second leg, and that was the first time because you'd heard about them all all through the season with Sessegnon and yeah. Kearney. And you think that was the first time I ever I watched yeah. them, and I, I thought, God, these guys are Andy. Yeah, I mean, Sessegnon's on something special. But I think the the interesting the interesting point of that is you make the step up, and um, I think you know for our club, I mean, Derby have done it. You've been up and come back down, and when we first got up under John Tagana, we spent thirteen years in the Premier League. You know, we were we were hardly yeah, yeah, ever in danger. Middle table, um, solid club. Oh yeah, you Europa League glory, but oh, yeah. Europa League heartbreak. Yeah. That's 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 the club. <laughs> but when you when you when you start looking at it, and you, you we I look at what's happened this season. We were like a kid in a sweet shop in the transfer window. We we just signed everyone we could buy on that you know 180 million we spent, but we didn't improve our defence, mm. and and that's put us in this position where we are now, where, where we're up against it. I'm going to the uh, I'm going to upset people. I'm going to the Athletic Stadium later tonight, not the bowling ground. Yeah, so yeah. I'm going to watch us play West Ham. Uh, after I finish here, I'm going to Trendy Shoreditch. I'm getting nice. down. I'm getting down with the Trendies, mate. Nice. And then, um, yeah, I don't know. I think I'll go as I am. But it gets me on to what we really want to talk about. And, and I want to talk about, you know, the Derby County as we are now. Or, you know, whenever I hear them on the box, mate, it's, it's FLD. It's, Frank, it's Frankie Lampard's Derby. No, no. And how, what? And your mate. You, we come on, we yeah. come on to Joe. Yeah, oh, we come okay, on to Joe. Yeah. But, but talk to me about what that meant. I mean, from, you know, because obviously the rally stuff and whatever. But, but tell me what Frank Lampard's done to the club. Massive in terms of raising, not not awareness because it's not a charity, but you know raising raising the profile of the club is is absolutely massive. I think it was a, a, a stroke of genius by our chairman Mel Morris, but it was a big risk, right? It's a big risk. Someone someone that, that young with with not much managerial experience, but I think the level of 
um, it, he, he's made the club look much more attractive. And you know, just bringing in the likes of Mason Mount and Tamori and Harry Wilson. Yeah, he I mean, I watched you a few times on the box, and like, you know, there, there, there's a philosophy there with Frank. But one of the things I remember when he, when he took the job, it just shows you how how big you know Frank was. It's like nice. I was talking yeah. to my talking to my missus about it. And I said, "Oh look, Frank, that must go up there." And guess who's going with him? And I'll come on to that a bit later. But she went to me, "Well, what's Christine going to do? She's pregnant." <laughs> I'm like, "I have no idea." I'm talking about the football, but that's kind of. Of, you know the, the Lampard yeah. name, and, and you see you see him, Gerard, and now Scalzi all stepping into management. It's interesting, but but from the outside looking in, it's like you guys are flattered to deceive because sometimes you're looking absolutely amazing, and yet struggling Millwall turn you over at home in a week. I know it's uh, it's full of the philosophy. Yeah, the, the philosophy and uh, the style of football that, that Lampard's brought is is brilliant. Yeah. Like they, they play with, with such a freedom, but they, they, they seem to lack confidence. And especially, so in, in the first half of the season, we were, we were brilliant, solid, solid in defence. We would have 60, 70% possession in pretty much every game. Mm. And the younger lads, like, um, like the Wilsons yeah. and, and the Mounts and the, the Marriotts, they'd be so brave on he the ball. Good man, yeah, he's, he's, he's game, he? like, he's, he's a fans player, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's a proper little bulldog. They'd, they'd have so much confidence, they'd skip past players, they'd open up, the wing-backs would be, would be bombing on. And then I tell you what, it, it, it all seemed to change. You know when the whole Spygate thing, yeah, with Bielsa, yeah. Yeah, 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 and, he, and he did the press conference, all sort away, of like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. skirt into, into Derby's tactics. From, from that point, we've seemed to like, struggle in the final third. Mm. Millwall, what, 70, 72%, 73% possession yeah. across, across the game? Just couldn't break them down. We didn't have a single I shot know that, I know how that feels, Ricardo, because there was a game Fulham played away at Burnley recently, and we had, um, we had 80, I've got 79% possession. Um, Burnley had no shots on target. We had about 22 shots, 79% possession. Burnley had no shots on target. But one two nil because we scored two one goals. You know when you just like you know it, it's you get you get those games. But but coming on to that the, the Lampard factor, one one of the one of the things that, that stood out for me is is his assistant, you know Jody. So so Jody Morris is a Fulham boy first Love of him. all. So he's, yeah, he's, a, he's, a, he's a local lad and and you know he's a couple of years a couple of school years younger than me. So he's in my missus this year. Now Jody's from Cheeseman's Terrace at the top of North End Road, Fulham. So he's really, really local. So you know the old chant, you know, he's one of our own. Yeah. When that boy started playing for Chelsea at 16 years old, he really is one of, one of, one of their own. And, and I, I got to know him through some fellas that lived in my flats. And, you know, he used to play football in other pitches and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, we play the younger kids and back them. You know, we're like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> then all of a sudden, <laughs> like, oh, we've got someone curling up. He's quite good. He's, he's on Chelsea's books, you know, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, this little lad comes around, like, lovely kid. And I've never seen nothing like it. Like what he, how he could play with tennis balls, unbelievable. Really? The feet, the speed. You're just going like, wow. You know, you you are exceptional. Um, it's a bit underappreciated in the profession. Yeah, I mean, I mean, his game changed. You know, he went from because he, he was in the first intake of Lillyshaw, so he was the first you know English school of excellence Lillyshaw intake, and he was at he was England under 16s, you know, all the way through. 
Youngest ever Chelsea player, I think. Youngest ever player to score for Chelsea. Right. Um, but but I'd st- you'd still see him out and about, and he was genuinely down to earth and, and like a, a nice fella. But and I mean that. Like, I'd be out, I'd be out with missus or some mates, like in a bar in Putney, and you know, again, this is the old football, not the modern footballer. But you know, he, he, Jody'd be there, tell Pete, you know, full of rubbish, you know, and we'd have a bit of banter like that. And he'd say, yeah, he'd say, he's my mate Frank. And I'm like, oh, hello, Frank. Oh, he's Frank Sinclair. And he's Dooms. Oh, hello. That's my, oh, and there's, there's the Clement brothers. And it's like Neil and Paul Clement. And you're like, but, but he was still that same, same kid. Do you know what I mean? And the, his career did go, it did go, you know, he went from Chelsea to Leeds and then to Millwall and to Scotland. And one of the last times I bumped into him, um, I go to uh, Taylor on New Kings Road, Fulham, called Mark Wallace. Um, and I was coming out of there with, with John Foyne, funny enough, and he was coming out of there and, and Jody was walking in and he, he, he got like elbowed from a, a Millwall game because his eye was all swollen up and he was coming <laughs> in like that. And, and anyway, so I remember talking to him there and he, and, and he was still that same person and seeing the amazing work he's done uh, at, at Chelsea's Academy. God, yeah. See, you know, it, him and Frank clearly see clean, clean a great, great tag team. Um, and and I just and you and wouldn't it be an amazing story if they could you know get you guys you know some success and then maybe move on to a real big a big club as a as a partnership because it it feels like they they've got each other's backs and they're on the same page, doesn't it? It does. When they do the bouncing, they bounce yeah, to the fans, yeah, don't yeah, they? Yeah, Jay, I don't think Jody's done it yet. I'm, I'm sure I see the bouncing. No, he's no, done it's it. a bit too cool. Lance does it. He's a bit yeah. too cool. Frank, Frankie does it. Oh, very good. But as a as a derby fan. Yeah. And uh, you've got to thank those guys because they, they've, they've, I've, I've never felt so proud of, of our club and, and what it stands for. And, you know, Mel Morris, the chairman again, he, he's just done a fantastic job. You know, family club of the year, the whole sort of digital yeah. strategy behind, behind Derby. You know, Shea Given as well, he's, yeah. he's done See, that, wonders. That's, that's clever as well, isn't yeah, it? You know, Cole, I think, you know, bringing players like that that can settle the mm. younger lads. Although... I do think Lamps changed the formation to uh, to get Cole into the system the other day, yeah, sure. and it, it didn't quite work. Normally at home we go four three three on the full press, and trying to get Cole in the, in that system, it didn't really work. So, no, but, yeah. but they, they, those guys, the, the whole backroom staff, they, they should be really proud of what what they've achieved because it's it, it, it's brilliant. Brilliant, super. So, Jody, if you're listening, mate, all right, uh, get in touch. I know we haven't spoken for a while, but but you know, no. So, so, so I haven't spoken for Jody for absolutely years, and and but you know, he'll know me from Lancaster Court. He'll know me as a Fulham supporter. If he wants to come on the Fulham Jody show, he's welcome to. But but I really do hope that Jody, Frank, and and that you know they actually achieve something, something for you guys because it, it's it. You want to see young British footballers moving into management, you want to see them doing something with a club. So, you know, are, are you optimistic? Are you optimistic? Yeah, I am. I am. Uh, I think I think the next sort of, what, how many games is there now? 15? 14? Not enough for us to stay no, up, I don't yeah, think. Yeah, <laughs> you guys are, are, are going to struggle. Well, you never know, miracles are oh, happening, mate. Uh, for, for us, there's there's plenty of games to, to and, and the championship's so close. You know, it, it, so, I mean, it's the most difficult league in the you, world. We get, we get, yeah, loads of my mates are saying, oh, but the championship's a great league, and you know, you're always in it. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not happy. I'm, I'm like, I'm like, okay, <laughs> that's fine, but I'd, I'd rather stay up. You know? yeah. 
but uh, but no, I get it. So so listen, I mean, so 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 we've covered we've away covered. day at Rotherham though versus getting spanked by City. Well, well, listen, <laughs> what yeah. would you rather? Yeah, I'll tell you. Do you yeah. know, I was at, I was at Man City this year. Oh, this away, right? It went well for one minute seventeen seconds. <laughs> like, we got a corner, we attacked, and then that was it. But it was um, you know, I, I was drowning my sorrows with Ricky the Hit Manhattan in the Now uh, Maze on Manchester after oh, that okay. game. Yeah, uh, but but let's but let's let, let's summarise it. So so from from a Derby County perspective, you know, local Derby family, exiled a little bit in London, going to as many games as, as you can. When and next, the next time the teams meet at Craven Cottage, you'll be coming as my guest. Oh, oh brilliant. Right? brilliant. Yeah. The next part of the Foyne Jones show is my favourite, Ricardo. Get your boots on, get your laces up, mate. What position right. did you play? Right wing. Right wing, mate. Oh, pace. You look like you've got pace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You look like you've got pace. Okay, so, so would you have took a penalty in a shootout? No. No, okay. Well, you're going to take no, five. I took one, I took one in my, in my uh, not very illustrious career and I missed it. Yeah. And then I was, I was scared to death. I, 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 play, I played a reasonable level of football, mate. And um, I, um, it, I got, it got corrupted with acid house parties. It, it kind of, it was, it was hard to sort of go to like raves in aircraft hangers and then <laughs> commit to training. Do you know what I mean? But, but I remember one cup semi-final and um, I'd scored in the, in the second half to get us back in the game. And it went to... Um, it went to penalty shootout, and I had the penalty to keep us in the match, right? And I dinked it. All right. I dinked the, it. The, the Lenka. Yeah, and the keeper caught it. <laughs> oh, keeper no. caught it, man. Honestly, I, I mean, yeah, they, no. they booted me out the team next year. That was it. It was all over. So we're going to do our Foyne Jones penalty shootout. So I have got five penalties for you to take. Okay. So they're five quick fire questions. You ready? Go on. No right or wrong answers. Favorite derby player? Inigo Idiakes. Yeah. yeah, fair play. I didn't did see that one coming. That's I like that. Man. What a what a player. When I was when I was young, when yeah. I first started going, some of the free kicks that he would belt in from thirty yards. He's got a bit of um, Harry Wilson's got a bit of Idiakas about him. Okay, but yeah. Okay, player. so that's favourite player. Best match. Best match. Five uh, one Forest. <laughs> Beating but, but, Forest, beating Forest five one, couple of couple of seasons ago. Yeah, okay. actually, it was a bit longer than that ago now, four four or five years ago. But yeah, you never forget that. Okay, so 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 this this question, I don't, I might have to change it. I was, I've got Pride Park or the baseball ground, but I already know the answer. I think Pride Park. Pride Park. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, no, I, I never went to the baseball ground, unfortunately, but I've, it, it was a special place. Now, this one is is all real football fans will get it right. I don't want to talk about your best player. I don't want to talk about the best goal. I don't want to talk about the best moment. I want to talk about who is your cult hero? Derby County cult hero. Uh, do you know what? Just uh, I suppose this this could change week in week out. Keo gets yeah. a lot of stick, a lot of stick, and in fact, it's, I know this is a podcast and it's not sure, we've massively, got, we're, we're, we're as well. not massively visual, yeah. but this is my best man from my wedding, Brian, where is Hello, he? Hello Brian. Yeah, he'll be listening to this, where is he? Oh, that's Tyson Fury, that's him with Tyson Fury. Fury, Fury gets about, doesn't he? Right. 
Him and Kia. With Richard Kia. Does he, does he just hang around in places with no, people? <laughs> yeah, it's just a weird story. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, he went to uh, an evening with Tyson Fury uh, last night talking about like, mental health yeah, and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah, it's really, really cool. Because um, he's he's in he's into that kind of stuff. He's, his brothers had some problems, so he really supports yeah, that kind of, kind of thing. But Keo was there on the yeah, table yeah. next to him. And he said, "My mate's a big Derby fan. Can I get a pick?" Apparently, they had a bit of a conversation. It's little things like that, but that makes him a hero. It's, it's little things like that that that, that, that you, you remember forever. Yeah. You know, it's those little it's those little glimpses, little glimpses of people. He's had so much stick as well. Like, I remember spending years, so. about two and a half hours at my youngest boy's. It was a football school football tournament. Talking to Rufus Brevet, right? right? So he's a Derby boy, but yeah. he, he played QPR and Fulham. So he was in the he's in the Tigana, the Keegan and Tigana teams. Yeah, you know, little, little funky dread, you know. And I, I just, it was just the greatest conversation of my life. We were just talking about. <laughs> Rubbish, but I'm like, I'm talking to Rufus Previtt. I'm like, you know, <laughs> I only mean something to me, or maybe QPR, or maybe other people, but but it is those sort of things. So, so final question. So this is like the this is the penalty to win it, mate. And how many have scored? Uh, I'm giving you three out of four because okay. I can't give you the Pride Park baseball one. Right? It, it, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a yeah. non-event that way. That's VAR. That's a, right. for, for the benefit of the, the people not okay. on camera. I'm doing the yeah, VAR. Yeah. But um, this one is uh, this one's easy. Stick or twist. Gun at your head. Will you go up? Yes. Fair play, he's gone for it. Okay, that's the end of the quiz. So, so I'm 100 quid on with a mate from a, a, a Villa fan from the yeah. start of the season, and this would have been this would have been a, a tough one. What, what would you have done? I bet him that uh, we'll go up before Villa do. Yeah? Yeah, maybe yeah, not this season, but I reckon we'll go up before Villa. Villa, Villa can't stand us, mate. Do you know what I mean? We we turn, we turn, we you know we hate we, we, we lost to Birmingham. Well, this is this is. I talked to his Villa fan, but he said you lost to Birmingham, so they stayed up. You beat us in the playoff final, and you made us pay 15 million for Ross McCormack. Like, you know, he just summed it up so brilliantly. It was it was hilarious. Mate. Ricardo, thanks ever so much for joining us on the Foyne Jones show today. It's been it's been a great episode from from walking through the front doors and getting on the dodgem to to hearing all about Richard Keogh meeting your mate last night mm. and more importantly the last few years of your life where you've got yourself married, created a startup, and you're you're going to disrupt the and I believe you will disrupt the buying and selling new homes in the 21st century. Um, I just wanted to kind of just 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 give you the chance to kind of you know let people know how they can get in touch or people you'd like to engage with, connect with and talk to, mate. So the floor is yours. All right, well, <clears throat> firstly, thank you very much for having me. It's been a, been a pleasure. I've I told you it'd be fun. I've enjoyed it, yeah. Um, what would I like to say? What would I summarise? Um, we're, always, we're always open to, to talk to people. We're always open to new ideas. You can go onto our website and, and get in contact with us or, or, or come into our office, which is in, in Bank in, in central London. Uh, we always want to hear people's opinions on, on the, the buying and, and selling process, any any horror stories that you've had, any suggested improvements or, or, or just looking into finding out what we're doing. Um, but the, the, the message to, to leave on is pretty much as, as you summarised, you know, we we know there's a problem there and we passionately believe that we are trying to do something of, of 
good that, that will that will help alleviate the, the stress and anxiety and, and the pressure and the confusion behind buying property for, for people. You know, it's a, it's a massive issue um, in in terms of actually getting people into new homes with with population exploding and not delivering the right amounts of new homes. So we feel as though we're, we're doing something good there. Um, so yeah, get get in touch and be part of the conversation with us. Absolutely fantastic, mate. So if anyone wants to reach out to Ricardo, you can you can connect to him via me on LinkedIn. Go straight through the front door at your keys. There, have a beer here. Can I just say I've got a bit of beard envy with your mate Brian, mate. Do you know what I mean? I just I mean Brian, I like your beard and uh, you know I, I like your photos. But listen, thanks ever so much for coming on. Pleasure, mate. That's been Thank absolutely fantastic. That's the end of today's show. So that's the end of the show. Thanks for listening. You can find out more about Foyne Jones by visiting our website or connecting with me on LinkedIn. We are Foyne Jones. This is what we do.